Hey there, and welcome to the United Church Podcast. We are a new church here in Seattle committed to an ethic of love. We are striving to be a people united, united with Jesus, each other, ourselves, and the world around us. We hope you enjoyed this week's homily. Today is an exciting day for us as a community. We have oftentimes had guest speakers in our midst, people from the outside that have come in to share with us from Scripture, to push us and to prod us forward. Today, we have another quote-unquote guest speaker. However, this one's a bit more exciting because she comes from within our own community. Talissa is going to be sharing with us this morning, uh, preaching this morning for us as a church, and she starts a series of a few people from within our community that will be speaking and preaching uh, over the course of the next few weeks, which is amazing and beautiful and wonderful, specifically because we're just a year and a half old as a church. Actually, not even a year and a half old. We're just a little bit over a year old and to have people already from within our ranks, within our community, speaking and sharing uh, from God's word is a really momentous occasion. God, thank you so much for this time that we have to gather together to look at your word and to spend time diving deep into what it is that you have for us. Father, this morning as Talissa speaks, as she preaches from within your word, Father, may our hearts and our minds and our ears all be open and may we be receptive to the molding of your spirit and what it is that you would have us to know, to be, and to do. Change us this morning and set us on a new path forward in prayer. It's in your son's name that we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Okay. So, 10 years ago, I have a vivid memory of feeling the most alone I have ever felt in my entire life. Um, It was there. I have it very vivid in my mind of what I saw. I saw there were like a brilliant blue sky and just billowing clouds, and there was this long dirt path before me. And I walked slowly and thoughtfully down that dirt road. Um, So it was in January 2009 that uh, my parents drove me to the airport and I boarded a plane to Brazil. And I was 19 at the time and I was starting out on this venture of spending six months there. Um, So I was going to live and work in an orphanage in southern Brazil. So I had been on many adventures before this and I love airports and I can just feel like the thrill building in my gut of the excitement of traveling, of observing people in airports. I just think the whole thing is really fun. And then this time when I hugged my parents goodbye and I got to my gate, I remember just the wait of six months started to set in. My other trips had been like a month at the most maybe, so this just had more weight to it. And half a year feels really long when you're only 19 years old. So I remember just the thought of that gravity starting to weigh in on my thoughts. I think I might have even got a little tearful thinking about just, I tend to process things in the moment. So I was like processing how, like, how much weight was in this decision. Um, but I pushed those thoughts away. And I'd actually been in the orphanage previously. So I was familiar with it. Um, I'd only been there for a week. And after that week experience, I was like, I'm going, and I'm going for six months. And so um, it was nice to be welcomed back. A lot of the kids remembered me. It had only been like maybe six months since I had been there. So it was encouraging to receive all their hugs. And at the time, there were about 30 kids in the orphanage in this rural part of southern Brazil. 
I was going to be living, so the orphanage was like composed of like the living area downstairs, and then upstairs there were a couple corridors with like missionary housing. So I was going to be living and working in the orphanage. So picture this huge house that's like nestled in between these yellow and green fields. It was also on a farm, so you can picture a couple chickens running around too. So when I say Brazil, think of southern Brazil with cornfields and cows. So one of the first new people I met there was Kristen. So she was about my age, and she had been in Brazil for five months already. So she was basically doing the same thing I was doing, only she was five months ahead of me. So she was like my tour guide to this orphanage. Um, we actually like shared a room, and she was able to give me all of the insider knowledge. She knew the trick to the dishwasher. She knew all like a ton of Portuguese. So she was my Portuguese dictionary, and she was able to tell me each kid's story because sometimes you just didn't know where they were coming from. So it was really helpful to understand where they had come from in their life. So she just gave me all the insider knowledge, and she became an instant friend. She was just one of those people I really clicked with, and she was basically training me for the job I would then take on. So she was in charge of watching the four littlest ones, and that's basically what I was going to be doing during my six-month stay. So she was great at translating things, and um, at the time, there were only a couple single missionaries that lived on site. A lot of couples lived in these houses that were scattered around the orphanage, so they'd like come work their shift, and then they'd go to their house. And so there were very few people that were like on the property 24-7. So she also became like a really close friend and who I spent my free time with because when we were both not working, that was the person I would hang out with. So she was so helpful and I didn't realize how much until the day she left. So the front of the orphanage had, like I said, this dirt path that was very winding, and I remember there being these like large bushes that anchored either side of it, and there was a bus stop at the end. And I remember it being more than a mile. I don't know if it actually was, but it felt really long in my mind. So I remember the day that Kristen left, so she had already been there five months, and our trips over just overlapped one month. So I remember I crammed into the car that would race her down the dirt road to her destination, and I hugged her goodbye, and then I stepped out of the car to find myself alone on that dirt path, making my way back towards the orphanage. And that's when I felt utterly alone. Um, it just sunk in. I was like, who's going to give me the ins and outs of the orphanage? How am I going to spend my days off? Who am I going to spend my days off with? Who's going to be around to eat dinner with? Now I'm going to have to sleep alone upstairs in a very empty corridor. So it's like these thoughts of just being very alone in this journey just, just blew up in my head. Um, ooh, and sorry, that's really breathy. Um, some tears just started to sprinkle out as this loneliness started to set in. I was like, what have I gotten myself into? I can't speak Portuguese. And I was away from everything familiar. My hometown, my culture, my language, my family, my friends. I literally was stripped of everything. And I felt so alone. And it was as if my whole body was weighed down by this overwhelming realization. And it just hit me. Have you ever felt completely alone? Have you ever relied on someone or something and then it's gone? Have you ever felt like that? Well, as you know, like Aaron said, we're going through the Lord's Prayer in our sermon series. And when Aaron asked me which one I wanted, I was like, hallowed be your name. 
It brought me back to my memories of Brazil and how God changed me in that place. My eyes were awakened to who God is and how he could be my everything. So today I want to focus on the word hallowed, meaning made holy, the highest honor, set apart, revered, divine, sacred. There are two scriptures I'm going to throw up on the screen just that kind of touch on that. So the first one is Hebrews 7.26. So, for it was indeed fitting that we should have a high priest, holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. And then the second one, um, for behold, he who forms the mountains and creates the winds and declares to man what is his thought, who makes the morning darkness and treads on the highest of the earth, the heights of the earth, the Lord, the God of hosts, is his name. I just really like those scriptures because I felt like they proclaim kind of this idea of what hallowed means being set apart, revered. So when we revere God and consider his holiness, I think there's really three changes that take place. The first one being um, focusing on his attributes renews our minds and gives us a fresh perspective. So sometimes when I start praying, sometimes I'll be on a walk or something, I start thanking God for his characteristics. So an example is I might be, God, I thank you that you are present, in control, you hear me and you're with me. That's like a starting prayer for me a lot of times. So as I begin to meditate on more of his qualities, it's like more of his qualities come to mind and it just becomes this song of praise that's echoing who he is. So as I focus on these things, my problems, my overwhelming thoughts seem to settle and it's like I can fully focus on him and find peace. Um, I actually think of times when I've been in a yoga class and they're having you contort into some weird balancing position and they're like, okay, find a place in the room, fix your eyes on that, a place that's not moving, and find balance in your pose by fixating on that point. And so all I can say is I feel like that's what God is in my life. As I'm finding balance in my life, he is that point that is my stability that's not moving as I'm trying to find balance. Um, so that's the best analogy I can find for that. Um, so yeah, focusing on him renews our mind and gives us a new outlook. Um, so I know in this season of life, so I'm a new mom, my kid's seven months old, so it's been a lot of transitions, and I'm trying to be more intentional in my thoughts and come to this place where I'm thanking God for who he is and acknowledging who he is. So with that, I'm also a very feeling-oriented person. For those of you who know me, I feel things like very deeply, and so it's been really healthy for me when I can process my feelings to God. Um, and I'm just so thankful that he's not overwhelmed by my feelings. He doesn't judge me for my feelings. He loves me despite it all and helps me sift through them to find peace and comfort in him. So the second thing, thing that happens when we focus on God's holiness is it can also reveal our distractions or things we place before him. So I've noticed in my life when I step back and I marvel at God's holiness, I can identify the things that I choose so often over him, the things that distract me or steal my attention. So in this current season of life, I know that my thoughts are torn in so many different directions, and I have trouble focusing on one thing and following through, but I'm trying to be more intentional and to take time to, mo to just meditate on God. So finding brief moments in the day is what I've had to do, 
Maybe for you it could be during a walk or bus or drive somewhere. Maybe it's in the shower when you have a second to yourself, which is where I find myself having a moment. <laughs> and I found that even in the brief moment, something powerful can happen. Even if it's like five minutes, something powerful can happen in that time. So the third thing that happens when we focus on his holiness and we consider it, it really brings us outside of ourselves and our perspective, and it just awakens us to his control and his grandeur. That was one of the biggest lessons for me in Brazil. God shifted my perspective and led me on a journey to know him. It was on that trip he became my everything. And I think that's because I felt like I didn't have anything. <laughs> so when we begin with the truth of who God is, everything fades to the distance and his character is revealed. So I have a passage of scripture I'm gonna read. Psalm 104, and as I read this, I love the first four verses, so if you pay attention to that part, I feel like it really composes a verbal picture of holiness and the essence of what is wrapped up in hallowed be your name. So as I read this chapter, I want you to close your eyes and acknowledge your senses and see if you can create a vivid picture in your mind. There's just lots of beautiful words to describe this picture. And so I think if we just sit in it and imagine. Um, so think about what would the air smell like? How would you feel there? Would you feel a glow on your skin? Um, I want you to think about all your senses and I want you to imagine with me. So close your eyes as I read this. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. O oh Lord my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty, covering yourself with light as with a garment, stretching out the heavens like a tent. He lays the beams of his chamber on the waters. He makes the clouds his chariot. He rides on the wings of the wind. He makes his messengers winds, his ministers a flaming fire. He set the earth on its foundations so that it should never be moved. He covered it with the deep as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. At your rebuke, they fled. At the sound of your thunder, they took flight. The mountains rose and the valleys sank down to the place that you appointed for them. You set a boundary that they may not pass so that they might not again cover the earth. You make springs gush forth in the valleys. They flow between the hills. They give drink to every beast of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. Beside them, the birds of the heaven dwell. They sing among the branches. From your lofty abode, you water the mountains. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of your work. You cause the grass to grow for the livestock and plants for man to cultivate, that they may bring forth food from the earth and wine to gladden the heart of man oil to make his face shine, and bread to strengthen man's heart. The trees of the Lord are watered abundantly, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted. In them the birds build their nests, and the stork has her home in the fir trees. The high mountains are for the wild goats. The rocks are a refuge for the rock badgers. He made the moon to mark the seasons. The sun knows it's time for setting. You make darkness, and it is night, with all the beasts of the forest creep around. 
The young lions roar for their prey, seeking their food from God. When the sun rises, they steal away and lie down in their dens. Man goes out to his work and to his labor until the evening. O Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom have you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Here is the sea, great and wide, which teems with creatures innumerable, living things both small and great. There go the ships, the Leviathan, which you formed to play in it. These all look to you to give them their food in due season. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die and return to their dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. Who looks on the earth and it trembles? Who touches the mountains and they smoke? I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have being. May my meditation be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. Let the sinners be consumed from the earth and let the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. So what stuck out to you? I want you to let that picture really linger in the forefront of your mind. And as you listen, what was your posture? Did you imagine yourself in that image? If you're like me, I found myself just jaw dropped, stunned, and humbled. Like, who am I? He has control and sees all these things all at once. So I just like that picture. It really brings me outside of myself and into his mighty control. So I just did a little practice of kind of going through that scripture and recognizing what qualities of God I saw in it. So that's something I like to ask myself when I read scripture is, what did I learn about God? What qualities can I see through this passage? So I'm just going to share some of the things that stuck out as I read that. So as I read, I saw themes of his might, power, and control over all things. I love when it said he is clothed with splendor and majesty, clothing himself in light, that he is a radiant king. He is creator, sovereign, a provider who satisfies and gives good gifts, gifts that gladden the heart of man and strengthen his heart. He is wise, the source of light, and we see his glory displayed throughout all of creation. So let's pause and think about that God. We get to call him Father. And so it's what we touched on last week, just that we get to begin this prayer with our Father. We get to approach him in that personal way. Our Father who unites us with all of creation. So everything that was said, he unites us to all of it. Um, So I love that it begins with our Father, We address him in this personal way, and then we get to approach him with reverence and awe. Hallowed be your name. So going back to my story in Brazil, I remember praying in that time, God, I want to know you. Teach me who you are. And as my loving father, it was like he took my hand and enabled me to widen my lens, move past myself, and acknowledge his grandeur. He taught me more about who he is. 
So it was like, in my lack of control, I chose to set my mind on his vast control over the entire universe. So in the moment I had nothing, I realized I had everything. So I remember being alone on that dirt path, just thinking about I'm going to be so lonely in all my free time and just kind of wimping down this dirt road. <laughs> and then it was like God just whispered beside me, like, I'm here. And it was like I went from tearful to like, I don't know, he just filled me with overwhelming joy and hopefulness. And so then each step towards that orphanage, I just knew he was going to be with me the rest of the time. So like I said, Kristen and I's trips only overlapped for one month. So I still had five months there to go. Um, and so in my free time, on my days off, so I'd get one day off a week, I would explore the property. And I would find these like waterfalls. I remember sitting in fields. Like I would just go explore and have fun with it. And so I called in my little pilgrimages with God. I'd pack my Bible and my journal, and then I'd just set out. Sometimes it was probably dangerous. I just like crawled on these waterfalls, and it probably wasn't safe. But I had fun with it, and I really got to sit in that beauty. So in those times, I would sit in creation. Um, my heart would swell with like wonder and awe. I was able to step out of myself and embrace something larger. As I moved beyond myself, I would sit still and observe creation around me. I remember just like, God would just show me all these things unfold before me of how there was like this rhythm and melody that was happening in creation. Um, I would begin to see this echo of praise resound around me, and I knew I was in the presence of the Holy God. That happened every time I was in creation, and it still does today. Um, so I have a visual next, kind of just to describe this process God brought me through in Brazil. Um, so the first visual um, is me in the center. I'm going to get out of the way, I guess. So there's like me with my anxiety. Am I too close to this thing? <laughs> there's me <laughs> with my anxiety, to-do list, feelings, um, so that's just kind of like at the core. And then it was like through this journey, he just brought me outside of myself, widened my lens, kind of like I was describing. So brought me into thoughts of others, the kids I worked for. I just saw him grow this empathy and um, desire for service with these kids. And then he brought me even broader into his control and power and his stability. And I would just have that time of reflection almost every day off, just kind of remembering these thoughts of him bringing me outside of myself. So surrounded by his creation, it was asked if I could feel him take my hand, lead me beyond myself into his greatness. As I reflected on his character, my reaction was to marvel, find peace, and in those moments, I truly felt connected to myself. So I would just reflect and marvel, and it was there that I discovered new life and breath. After these moments, I had a greater capacity to love, to love God, others, and myself. So the best way I can describe it is he would like bring me out of myself and then wrap me into himself. So that's what the second visual is for. So yeah, I just saw this like journey of bringing me outside of myself, and then it was like, once I was 
focusing on him. It was like I could take a collective breath with all of nature and observe him creating this melody and rhythm. Then it was like I could sense him around me and enveloping me in light, love, and true peace. And then I would be able to envision him sitting beside me, holding my hand, all the while radiating love with his presence. I could just really, God had met me so personally in those times. Um, and I just remember that feeling of him being so close. I was not alone. I had everything. Our Father, hallowed be thy name. I love that we get to call him Father and that he leads us into the truth of who he is. There's one verse, it's Isaiah 40, 26, that frequently reminds me of my time in Brazil. So it says, lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. He who brings out their starry host by number, calling them by name. By the greatness of his might, and because he is strong in power, not one of them is missing. So a lot of times in Brazil, I mean, I was in the middle of nowhere. And so the sky was amazing at night. There were just so many stars. And God really met me in this verse, just knowing that he created all of them. He knows them by name and by his strong power. Like, they're all there. Um, so he knows all things, is in control of all things. Hallowed be thy name. So now that I have shared my journey and my process of how I pray and meditate on the attributes of God, um, I want to ask you, what brings you into the heart of God? So for me, it's nature. Maybe you two are brought to a place of awe at a beach, seeing the mountains surrounding us, the evergreens. I mean, we live in a gorgeous place. So maybe you're brought to that place in nature. Or maybe it's while you run and listen to some music. Some of you might get, meet God through meditation or just stillness, getting time alone. Some it may happen while serving others. So for a moment, I want you to consider, what does this look like for you? Again, what brings you into the heart of God? And how can we make more opportunities to enter that space? And how can you kind of plan them in your weekly routine? Like I said, sometimes it's just like moments in the shower or just a couple minutes to really reflect. Walks are nice too, just to really take it in and pray. Okay, so I want us to kind of just sit in that, consider it so that we can take action, that we may be people that take time to sit in awe and wonder of our Father. Thank you for listening to this week's homily. If you're in Seattle, we'd love for you to join us on Sundays at noon at 1316 Third Avenue West in Queen Anne. If you'd like to support our efforts, please visit unitedchurch.gives to partner with us financially. Be in peace and God bless.